Yeah. The key thing is, don't be inhaling, don't be ingesting. Stay inside, don't drink or eat anything. These are important questions. I understand that. Highest moment the last eight years. Hmm. Highest moment the last eight years. Well, I think that the most important, the most compelling was, uh, was 9-11 itself. Welcome. This is the special live edition of Truth Jihad Radio. I'm Kevin Barrett doing the show every Friday evening here Hello? at Revolution.Radio. Leading listener-sponsored free speech network. Please generously help Revolution.Radio stay on the air. All right, I'm Kevin Barrett of TruthJihad.com, where you can find the radio schedule with all the links for these shows and more. You can subscribe at Substack, and you can read about the people I bring on the shows. People like, well, tonight we have a fantastic show, two folks from somewhat different perspectives. Second hour, Matt Errett comes on to talk about his book, The Clash of Two Americas, and his article on China's Gorbachev, uh, Zhao Zijiang. I'm sorry, Zhao, Zhao Ziyang. And he is going to be arguing from a kind of a platonic progressive point of view that embraces the good things that technology can bring. In the first hour, my guest is the great American Sufi Muslim thinker Charles Upton, who is more of the traditionalist school. And frankly, I'm a little closer to that point of view myself. He has just published a brand new article, The Alien Disclosure Deception. Actually, I published it over at Veterans Today, and it is a review of the Netflix series Top Secret UFO Projects Declassified. And it finds that Netflix and the rest of the mainstream media that seems to be pushing UFO disclosure may not actually be as uh, truth-seeking as they appear. So let's get into it. Hey, welcome, Charles Upton. How are you? I'm okay. Glad to be here. Not as truth-seeking or as truth-recognizing. You know, not not everyone is wrong is uh, <clears throat> is wrong on purpose, but uh, I think they're generally wrong anyway. So. Yeah. Well, let's <clears throat> talk about that because I've I've been looking at this UFO issue for a long time, and I actually read fairly seriously about it in the early 90s as part of my dissertation work on, I was actually oh. studying miracle stories, the Karamat al-Awliya from the medieval Muslim world, especially Morocco. But when you're studying these uh, legends, you know, stories that people tell about amazing experiences that they've had, you have to compare you know, how people tell them in different cultures. And so here in the U.S., we hear a lot of UFO encounter stories. So I did research that issue and discovered that something really strange is going on. I'm not sure what it is. Um, but I always thought that disclosure sounded like a good idea. Whatever they know about it, they should tell us. However, yes. the disclosure movement seems like it's been hijacked. Uh, so tell us about your take on that, Charles. Well, I think I'm entirely 100% for disclosure. I just think we need full disclosure. We need full disclosure <clears throat> of all the um, evidence, uh, videos, whatever, you know, uh, you know, stories of, of uh, encounters possessed by the U.S. military and intelligence services, all of that should be available. But also, everything should be available on the various projects that have been in evidence since World War II to put a particular spin on the UFO phenomenon for social engineering purposes, 
to to uh, you know essentially control our behavior in ways that that the powers that be want to see, and because that that's another part of it, and uh, you know I, I entirely accept the paranormal uh, dimension, although the UFOs are physical as well. I accept that they are also paranormal. Um, that doesn't mean that I, that I accept everything that's, that's said about them in terms of the myth that's be, have been created about UFOs since World War II. So um, one of the most interesting things, short things one can say to introduce this myth is simply to quote from General Douglas MacArthur uh, in a speech he gave to the cadets at West Point on May 12, 1962. This is what he said. <clears throat> I'm going to try my best to do a MacArthur, but if I, if I can't, I'll just re- revert to my normal voice. Okay. We deal now not with the things of this world alone, but with the illimitable distances and as yet unfathomed mysteries of the universe, of ultimate conflict between a united human race and the sinister forces of some other planetary galaxy, of such dreams and fantasies as to make life the most interesting of all time. And through all this welter of change and development, your mission remains fixed, determined, inviolable. It is to win our wars. <clears throat> so this is what he said. I fact-checked it on Snopes fact-check, and they come up with the same quote that I got from initially from Peter Lavendum. So apparently said that he said that. So the idea of a united human race, number one, which is what globalism is all about, and the conflict with a, uh, an enemy from beyond this planet, uh, this was being floated as early as 1962, possibly 1955. Uh, MacArthur may have made a similar statement, but this is something I'm sure of. <clears throat> so this is a, it's a myth, and the myth is being crafted, and it's been crafted over generations in order to change our basic view of reality. Uh, away from the traditional religions, Christianity, Islam, all the other traditional religions, and toward what you would call a magical technocracy, which, w- which would include things like transhumanism, and uh, essentially uh, the virtual worship of UFO aliens, whatever they may be. And, and the reason I say this is because... Uh, and, and this is one of the many reasons, but in the Netflix original series, which came out this month, uh, UFO, uh, top secret, secret UFO uh, projects declassified, what you have is essentially the entire uh, social engineering agenda laid out in the way the story is told and, and, and the conclusions that are drawn from it. This, if you look into it clearly, you'll see, ah, so this is what they've been up to all these years, and uh, this it puts it all in a nutshell and uh, makes it clear what uh, the powers that be have been trying to do in order to change our basic view of reality for their own purposes. And it's all there. So people should look at that, hopefully in that light. So. Well, yeah, there's definitely a lot of social engineering potential and perhaps some, some actual action going on there. But I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical because... Uh, the, the different takes on the UFO phenomenon that are out there uh, seem to me to be so you know, so wildly different 
that they don't really add up to a very good sort of single social engineering project. The one you just quoted from MacArthur would have really kind of two levels. One is, as you suggested, uniting Earth uh, and and going against the evil aliens from space and then winning wars against them, presumably. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but I don't know if that's the dominant one. I mean, there's so well, many it, different... That, it, depending upon what, what, when you're looking at it, depending on, on what uh, decade, et cetera, et cetera, there is also the Michael Rennie in uh, um, The Day the Earth Stood Still paradigm, which is, but, but interestingly enough, this also requires a united Earth. We need to unite in order to make peace between ourselves and to follow the dictates of our benevolent alien overlords. This is the other reason for the Earth to unite. This is the other uh, uh, alien rationale, if you will, behind globalism. Now, there's nothing to prevent from the social engineers from playing these off against each other. Maybe we'll have a little of one and a little of the other. Um, well, MacArthur wasn't much fact, of a uniter, though. You know, he, he wanted to unite by winning wars for the United States and, and you know, take over or subjugate other nations. You got cashiered well, for well, yeah. After World War II, he, he said a united human race. Now, maybe he thought it would be united under the hegemony of the United States. It looked like what might happen. But nonetheless, he did say that. So, you know, take it for take it for okay, well, that, well, of uh, course, that's kind of in the air, though. It's, in a way, if, if you look at the history of wars and the progress in weapons, you just kind of conclude with Einstein and everybody else that, of course, we have to unite or we're, we're toast. Aliens mm -hmm. or no aliens. Well, uh, you, you, there, there's different ways of uniting, you know, there's uniting and I mean, all unions of nations in, in, on the large scale in the past have been, well, let's say Europe was united uh, up to a point under Christianity, which was not entirely imperialistic. You know, it was a religion. It had imperialistic elements, but it was a religion that, that united Europe. But look at all the empires of of the past, you know, they, they were united through power, through subject, you know, subjugating um, smaller, weaker nations, and at the same time, not necessarily subjugating smaller and weaker religions. What the Romans did is essentially take all the religions and say, well, if, if, if you will submit to the Pax Romana, to, to Roman authority, you can have uh, statues of your own gods in the Roman pantheon, so you know you, you can you can uh, be, be be part of the part of part of the program. You know we we're, we're not going to impose going to impose you know Zeus and and uh, or rather uh, Jupiter and the uh, and the Roman gods on you. You can worship your own gods and, and but and, and we'll we'll put them in the pantheon and they'll all essentially though be paying paying uh, homage to Rome. You know Rome will be the true god. Right, so and, and I, I think was kind of like a Roman, and you know, in well, yeah, I, I, I would say, but, but, okay, so, so anyway, this is an this is a suggestive introduction that doesn't prove anything. Now, uh, I could read something I wrote on the paranormal, so we can kind of get that out of the way, because I don't want to talk too much about the paranormal. I just want to say, it looks to me like the UFO aliens are. What the Muslims call the jinn, and uh, you know what uh, uh, non-religious people can still call interdimensional beings, and what you know perhaps what the uh, 
what the Indians of the Southwest and Native Americans call the Kachinas, whatever. But it, 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 they, they, are, they are beings of this order, because what they do is not what you would expect from um, Neil Armstrong or uh, Yuri Gagarin or, or um, John Glenn. I mean, these are astronauts, and astronauts do not walk through your walls in the middle of the night and, and control your mind and, you know, have sex, sex with you in your dreams and give you objects uh, which appear to be entirely physical but which later just dematerialize. I mean, this is not, this is not what astronauts do. This does not fit the profile of astronauts. It fits the profile of the jinn, of, you know, the fairies, of beings of that order, um, according to what all cultures have said about them. So I take that as, as my starting point. That's much more likely than that than the, they came here many light years, from many light years away at the slow crawl of the speed of light to get here. Um, it's, it's, I think it's something else is going on. So anyway, let me read you this one. This is called Science and the Paranormal. <clears throat> this is just something I just saw yesterday on YouTube. So... In response to that, okay. Astrophysicist Travis Taylor, who did an extensive scientific investigation of the radical and nearly continuous paranormal activity at Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, which includes, includes but it's not limited to the apparitions of UFOs, perfectly expressed the limitations of an, of an approach to the paranormal based strictly on materialistic science when he said, if you have something that can't be explained by modern physics as we know it, that means that there's more to physics than we know. This is like saying that if we encounter something in life that can't be explained by crystallography, that means that there's more to crystallography than we know, whereas what it really means is that there are many more ways and levels of knowing than crystallography can address. The same goes for physics. Physics is intrinsically limited to physical phenomena. It deliberately concentrates on this area to the exclusion of everything else. It is not designed to investigate non-physical realities. If a modern scientist were, yeah, if a modern scientist were confronted with a set of phenomena that could not presently be explained in materialistic terms, yet was aware of a vast body of data that did not, that did claim to explain it according to the explicit principles of a non-materialistic science. Would it be properly scientific for him or her to totally ignore that body of data, or at least to main, make no systematic study of it, relying instead only on vague rumors, anomalous reports taken out of context, and his or her own fragmentary and uninformed impressions? Obviously not. So, when I assert that the true nature of what we uh, uh, call today the paranormal has always been known, at least in general terms, according to the canons of the non-materialistic science of traditional metaphysics, any serious and conscientious scientist must take what I say into account or else stand convicted of a narrow-minded scientistic prejudice that has nothing truly scientific about it. The traditional Catholics call the realm of the paranormal the preternatural as opposed to the supernatural and have extensive records of certain aspects of its behavior, origin, and intentions. The Muslims understand this realm as to be the world of the jinn, the Sufis see it, or at least the proper center of it, as the Alam al-Mithal, the world of image exemplars. The Platonists call it the realm of the daimonis, which lies between the plane of the gods or celestials, identifiable in some ways with the universals or the platonic ideas, and the plane of the five senses. The shamans, the practitioners of what we have 
some, sometimes been called the animistic religions and others, have clearly defined techniques for dealing with this world, protecting humanity from it, and putting some of its powers to use. All this data is now available to any serious researcher. Therefore, any serious researcher who continues to ignore it may be suspected of not being serious. This is not to say that modern science has no contribution of its own to make to the study of the paranormal. Far from it. The discovery by Travis Taylor and others that paranormal manifestations can be accompanied by bursts of microwaves or gamma waves, to take only one example, is of the greatest significance, since it represents an approach to the study of the preternatural, a preternatural phenomena that was not available to the ancients or to various primal peoples of today. Such studies have an important place in the work of, of producing a, a comprehensive theory of the paranormal. I believe that they will always be limited, however, to a study of the effects, reverberations of various intrusions of the paranormal into material reality. When it comes to a study of the non-material or subtle material realm of the daimonies as it is in itself, the proper approach cannot be through physics or any other materialistic science, any more than the areas of astronomy or biology can uh, directly and comprehensively be studied through the science of crystallography. The tools of research must be proper to the body of data being studied. So that's my position on, the, on science and the paranormal. What I'm more interested in talking about is the obvious and just outrageous deceptions and contradictions that are in that Netflix series, which was totally pushed by Netflix, pushed by everybody reviewed in, in Newsweek. You know, th th this is like the last word for our time on UFOs, you know, and... It's really, you look into that, you see social engineering from beginning to end, I believe. Okay, yeah, let's, let's talk about that because, you know, I, I'm I, I, just based on your review, I haven't seen the series yet, but I wonder whether I would fully agree that all of these contradictions are as damning as, as you argue they are just because, you know, I, I kind of always uh, accepted Emerson's uh, dictum that, was that a, a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds and yeah, also the dialogic the approach. Of, they, yeah, yeah, right. You can have many, yeah, many and, voices. And, 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 yeah. and, 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 comfort, comfort with, with contradictions and, 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 and mental chaos is, is the hobgoblin of, hobgoblin of a mind that, that is uh, rotting away. You know, <laughs> I mean, the thing is consistency is usually on too small a level. You know, we, we, we have a very small box we think in and we say, well, okay, I mean, everything has to be consistent to these few fixed ideas. Well, that's a hobgoblin of little minds. But if the mind gets big enough, which, which is provided, you know, becomes possible through the study of traditional metaphysics, which looks at the entire, um, you know, realm of existence on all levels, then consistency suddenly becomes possible again without any kind of reductionism. In fact, it makes you know clear what has heretofore been obscure. So, well, that's probably true. But in a Netflix documentary series on the body of you know, UFO data that's out there, and all of these many different voices that are giving us their particular point of view or what they know or what they say they know about this subject, the fact that there are extreme contradictions and you know that that it none of it really adds up, it doesn't fit together, uh, is not surprising to me. And it just in itself, that wouldn't uh, condemn the Netflix yeah, doc there's, documentary. There's, 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 something, there's something to that. It, the, the whole question is whether th this was uh, editorially unified 
you know, whether that they, they took a number of interviews and put them together to show different views on the, on the phenomenon, or whether it was, uh, you know, these, uh, these different views were, were pieces of a puzzle. I tend to see them as pieces of a puzzle. But anyway, let's take something like, who is this guy, Corso? Corso says this, um, uh, now Colonel, then Major Philip J. Corso, so let's start. Before, let's start before. Wait a minute. Before that, we have Rich Mercer. Now, now th- this is how we know that there's something called, um, you know, that that Project Blue Blue Book was not the whole story. So he he gets something in his uh, a, a local newspaper. He happens to live near Wright Patterson Air Force Base, and so there's a classified ad which says, you know. Um, Top secret classified government papers available to, to, to anybody who wants them. Okay. All right. So, yeah. And so he <laughs> says, well, this is interesting. So I'll, I'll go and talk to the guy. And he goes to the guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're down in the garage. Here they are. There's a whole mound of them. You can take it away. It's taking up space. Sure. Thank you. know, for, for free. Yeah, I, got, I want to get rid of them. So, all right. So he takes them away. And they purport to be all of the cases of Project Blue Book that were not released in the official report, the cases that, that, that show that things a lot stranger than Blue Book was willing to admit were actually going on. Okay, they might have been the actual files, but is this the way that the Army gets rid of, um, you know, classified papers that are taking up too much office space? This is not a plausible story. Mm-hmm. This this is, it shows every evidence of this being fed to the people. Now, what I believe is that there have been official debunking <clears throat> of UFO uh, phenomena. We all know that that's been going on. At one point, maybe from the beginning and right after World War II, or maybe a little later, uh, an opposite uh, move came in. We will uh, publicly debunk it, but secretly we'll feed this material into the into the populace, and they'll start to think about it, and they'll, they'll start to believe in it. And, and so um, th- this is a mind control technique, which I have um, studied and, and talked about in, in certain of my books called unconscious contradiction. You know, you set up a, when you set up a contradiction, particularly if it's a contradiction between two completely opposing pieces of data, that... That's, that that um, uh, that contradict each other. If you have two, you know, and, and the contradiction is not pointed out, people uh, accept both of them at the same time and they don't notice the contradiction, then their uh, critical abilities are turned off, not just for that instance, but for, for many things and for how long, what we don't know. But if you can accept a contradiction, then... You can accept any contradiction, and you become very suggestible. And once once those contradictions are floated, then suggestions can be fed to this person, and they will accept them uncritically because their critical mind has been, you know, partially paralyzed. So th- this is used all throughout the UFO. Um, the stuff that's being told us about UFOs. If you look for it, you'll find it. Yeah, I've definitely seen some of that. But I, I've really been struck, though, by the radically different 
viewpoints I've heard from people on this. On this radio show, for example, I've had uh, David Jacobs, who's a professor from Pennsylvania who was considered the leading academic student of the UFO phenomenon back in the 80s and early 90s. So I had to read him for my PhD minor. And apparently, just as I was reading him, unbeknownst to me, he was coming out with his book, The Threat, which argues that there are actual aliens capable of uh, going through walls and controlling minds who are kidnapping yes, and abusing people and, who, and, and yes. that they're, uh, they're breeding us uh, that to become hybrids. They want to replace humanity with hybrids. And so it's a terrible, dire situation, and the aliens are really evil. So that's David Jacobs' perspective. Then I've mm -hmm. also had the former Canadian defense minister, Paul Hellyer, on this radio show, arguing that he spent decades trying to figure out who was telling the truth and who was lying about this stuff. And he ended up concluding that there is basically a federation out there with a prime directive, and they're basically the good guys. And so the, the ETs that violate the prime directive and come to Earth may be pirates and bad guys. However, uh -huh. the bottom line is that we humans have to grow up and uh, join the Federation. So from his point of view, aliens are the good guys and the saviors, more or less. Uh, yeah. Whereas from David Jacobs' point of view, they are evil pirates who are bent on enslaving and replacing us. And then there's everything in between. There's so many different points of view. Uh, and, and it's not their contradictions, they're just opposed points of view. And so we have to listen to all the different ones and trying to come figure out what's really going on well, ourselves. Certainly, we need to listen to all the different ones. What I would say is one of the big memes that's uh, abroad in society now, which, and not just in video games, by the way, which uh, if you look for, you will see it is what I call the good demons versus the bad demons. Um, there's an, uh, w w what is being presented to us is a false choice, uh, like so many of the false political choices we have to make now, where whichever you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Whichever side you choose, you have chosen something that, that, that is, is, you know, betrays the human essence. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, the, the, this is a, a, another method of, of, of controlling the populace is by believing, you know, presenting them with, with, with a, a stark choice between good or evil. Well, fine, but what if they're both evil? What if that isn't the real choice? You know, this is it, this is this is another uh, thing I see operating, and you know I tend to believe yes, yes they are evil, indeed. Uh, you know, and and uh, it, it's it's I would like to know how, how the Canadian defense minister is that who he was 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 able to determine that there was a, a United Federation of Planets besides watching a lot of Star Trek. You know, um, how did what it, what were his arguments for that? Well, uh, I, I think he, he was arguing that after talking to lots of people and, and reading lots of things, that he came to the conclusion that Earth is under control of, of some uh, very uh, rapacious, unscrupulous uh, characters, and that he identifies them with international bankers and, and the kind of people that you and I might call the New World Order, and that those yeah. people with, with their, you know, their families that have been in control for a very long time uh, are trying these, to... These people are us. from other planets, or they're, they're reptilians, no, no, or what? Or, or they're in no, touch no, with, with, with the evil, the evil uh, aliens, or what? Well, I think what he was arguing was that they're basically uh, humans, but maybe they are working with some sort of pirate or rogue aliens, 
whereas the uh, sort of the federation with the prime directive, and this is this is what Alfred Weber says too. So many a bunch of other people say the same thing. They they argue that this uh, this federation with its prime directive uh, keep they are ready to help us as soon as we basically grow up and ask for it. So as soon as as humanity shows that it's mature enough not to uh, blow itself up and to ask for the truth, to demand the truth about what's really going on and then overthrow the, uh, the bankster new world order types. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good story. Yeah. I mean, I see how that yeah, works. It's, it's, well, well, what yeah. does this, what does this do? You, 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 you and I are Muslims uh, and perhaps they're Christians and other believers in God listening. What does this do to uh, the sovereignty of Allah in the universe? What does this do to, to, you know, I mean, aren't we re- replacing God and his angels by the United Federation of Planets? And if we are, no, if we believe in no, God, Charles, then, 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 doing, then doing that is, cannot, certainly cannot be lo- looked at as positive. Right, right. But, but in, in the Quran, we learn that the jinn include both the, the satanic jinn, who are followers of Shaitan al Billah, who, right. you know, who rebelled against God by turning against right. Adam and, and being condemned to sort of uh, to tempt and mislead humanity. So there's right. these, these evil jinn, but then there are also good jinn. There are Muslim jinn or submitted to God jinn. And if we think of, quote unquote, aliens, ETs or interdimensional beings in that light, that there would be good ones and bad ones in the same way that there are good humans and bad humans. Yeah, so there, there, there are there are indeed good jinn and bad jinn. But what, what I believe is that the good jinn uh, defer to God and, and his angelic messengers. They do not attempt to replace them in our consciousness even in the name of good. And I think any jinn that makes himself visible to you is not to be trusted. The jinn who are good are doing their job in response to God's will, you know, and, and, uh, and they, they, don't, they don't appear to us. Because the jinn who appear to us will fascinate us, because there's nothing more fascinating than the jinn. You know, their, their, their presence is, is dazzling, and they have incredible powers, and you know, we say, wow, look at that, you know, and then when we, the more we say, wow, look at that, the less we are putting our attention upon Allah, who is the only one who really deserves our undivided detention, uh, attention and, and loyalty. So th- th- this, this is another, you know, I mean, look, look, look how brain, well, look what brainwashers do. Brain, one of the things they do is, is to subject, you, subject you to terrible torture, and then they turn around and say, but, but now we're your friends. You know, hey, you know, really, you know, we're sorry we had to do that. Let's let's get along, you know. And and w- what you will do if if you're if you're desperate enough and traumatized enough is you will start to believe that they're your friends even after what they've done to you. Now, somebody like John Mack, who who did a lot, you know, was a, a Harvard psychologist. He, I think, he got a, a was it a Pulitzer or a Nobel, some very big prize for his book on T. E. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia. And, you know, he studied all these abduction uh, stories, and he tells the most horrible stories of what happens to to people who who are abducted by aliens and how terrifying it is, how horrible it is. But his take on is it, well, that's tough love. You know, you've got to accept it because the aliens, by and large, are good because they've got to be good because, you know, they've got powers beyond beyond belief, so they must be divine or quasi-divine. So it's good. So what they're doing to you is good, and your your uh, you know a poor abductee, your um, 
relatives and, and, and friends, you know, are all laughing at you, are all worried that, that you're going off the deep end. They don't believe you, you know, but I believe you, you know, and, and, and you come, you know, and let, let me do my therapy on you, and uh, you, you, you will feel accepted. You know, you know, I will lead you to acceptance. Now, you understand, acceptance for Mac means two different things. One, you know, I will help you accept that this really happened. So you don't think you're crazy. That's okay, because that, that's, that's correct. But he always uses the word in two meanings. The other, means, the other one is I, you will accept what they told you as the truth. And that's not the same thing at all. Yeah, so, absolutely you know, right. But, but couldn't we sort of synthesize these perspectives and say that, okay, if, let's say, if Hellier, if we accept Hellier as being basically correct, and that there is this nefarious New World Order bankster tyranny on Earth that is in league with the bad gen, and yeah. that the Prime Directive Federation doesn't mess with Earth because of their Prime Directive. So therefore, as you say, Charles, the only gin that we're going to encounter are the bad ones. In the same way that if you're a, a, a hapless tourist wandering around the Medina in Fez, Morocco, the first people that come up to you are going to be the false guides, the Vogid, because yeah. they're the ones that have an and, interest. And, and in after all, did, did, didn't the Taliban just come, come out as super moderate and... And they say we, we want women in the government. You know, we, we're, we, you know, the, the, you know, how long is that going to last? About three more days. But you know, uh, right? I mean, I mean, uh, we, we have to look at at forces that present themselves as benevolent in terms, if we are religious believers, of what our religion tells us. And it's true; it tells us they're good and bad jinn. But d- 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 does Allah send jinn to, to talk to humanity? Did he send a jinn to, to give the uh, Quran to Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him? No, he said an angel. Angels you know, and yeah, are the entirely different beings. In, 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 yeah, in, in the, the sort of the shuara, you know, the, the poets who were inspired by jinn are yeah. set and, aside. And some of those poets wrote some great poetry, man, you know. I mean, actually, the jinn, you know, I am a poet, you know, by, by background. And once the jinn came to me in a dream, and uh, they basically said... Uh, We'll make you the world's greatest poet if you will uh, throw in your lot with us. If you will, you know, you know, fall down and worship us, essentially. And and they gave me a taste of of you know their wares. They gave me a sample, and these lines came, they gave me in the dream. And they go, uh, their great sapphire searchlights sweeping the giant dead. And I said, wow, man, if I got wrote, you know, and they see, and you can write epics. <laughs> long poems of, with that kind of stuff. Wouldn't that be great? You know, yeah, was, you know maybe, poem sign in blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and maybe I was tempted or maybe not, but I said no. And, you know, um, so, yeah. And, and the, 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 I wish I could write. I found, I found this story somewhere, but I haven't been able to find it again to get the right reference. But it's in one of my books, Hiding Somewhere, where there was a Sufi saint who, while he prayed, he, he had intuition that, that the uh, faithful you know, mumin, mumin, jinn were praying alongside him, and and he, he said to them, "Please, if you don't mind, could you go pray somewhere else because you're very distracting, and I, I need to put my attention on Allah and not be looking sideways and say, oh, the jinn are praying with me. Could you just do it somewhere else?'" And so they did. Not that they were of bad intent, or that you know that they really were the evil jinn. Just that uh, it's not healthy for us. You know, you know, all LSD aside, all DMT and and uh, ayahuasca aside, it's not healthy for us to con to, to contact these beings. It 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 takes us off the human uh, 
the human center, you know, and mm-hmm. that's one of the things that the jinn nowadays are tempting us to do is to renounce the human form. And you can look at a lot of ways through transhumanism or transgenderism that people are being tempted to renounce the human form. Now, what's really interesting is the last surah of the Quran, um, the surah Nas, uh, is specifically a prayer, an invocation against that temptation, protect us from that temptation. You know, um, I take refuge in the, you know, the the the, the um, Lord of mankind, the King of mankind, the God of mankind, not any, not of any other, not the God of the jinn, not the God of the aliens, the God of mankind, the human form, the archetype, the center, the origin point of the human form, against. Take refuge in that against the sneaking whisper, whispereth in the hearts of mankind of the jinn and of mankind. So, you know, the Quran knew that the last temptation in in the latter days would be the temptation to renounce the human form, and you know it it it, it tells us not to do it and, and gives us a way to protect ourselves from that temptation. It's interesting. Well, maybe transhumanism is uh, some is tied into this, and, and I, I think the worship of technology is part of this. There's that story about how Eisenhower was approached by ETs, and the original, the first ETs that approached him were supposedly the tall Nordics who said humanity needs a much higher level of spiritual development. We can help with that. And then along came the Greys with their reptilian overlords as the next delegation who said, uh, you, don't, you don't need that spiritual development. What you need is technology, and we'll, and we'll give you some free technology as long as you allow us to start kidnapping people. And Eisenhower yeah. and his military technocrats said, hey, we'll take the technology. And uh, that's then they started eating yeah. the people. That I mean, that, that's, that's a kind of very interesting alleged. myth, you know, very interesting story. We have absolutely no way of knowing that's true at all. You know, and, and once you hear these stories that seem to make sense and you see how that could be, then unconsciously you start to take them as facts and argue from them as if they were established facts, but they're not. Right. But they, that illustrates, I think, the way that the uh, one of the ways the social engineers engage with this uh, UFO phenomenon is yeah. to plug it into the worship of technology. Oh, and, yes, and that, 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 that's entirely what it's all about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and the idea is, so, so the UFO aliens exhibit a powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Uh, and these powers and abilities were, you know, are clearly in evidence in pagan antiquity with, with the interaction between uh, uh, pagan magicians and uh, the jinn or, you know, what was, what was left of the gods. I think originally the gods were something higher. They were the names of, of, of Allah or something like this. But, you know, they, they got degraded finally until they became basically jinn. And uh, um, the, the, the interaction between, um, between humanity and those beings um, uh, gave rise to, to, to stories of all the sorts of powers that... Uh, the UFO aliens now exhibit. I mean, this was pointed out by Father Sarah from Rose, Eastern Orthodox priest, American Eastern Orthodox priest. He wrote a book called Orthodoxy and the Religion of the Future. And there's one chapter, that I don't, there, there are things in that book I don't agree with, but he has a great chapter on UFOs. And he said, listen, anybody who's read the lives of the Orthodox saints will, will, will not be surprised 
by what the UFO aliens are, are apparently capable of, because all this has been known before and reported before. So, interesting. Uh, so, so I, I think this, uh, as I was saying, the, the worship of technology and its potential to transform humanity into something supposedly uh, more transcendent uh, seems to tie in with transhumanism. That is, sure, this, sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, that that that's the big. I mean. It has to be a false religion, you know, because if you look at it straight with, 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 without, you know, some fantasy of, of becoming a higher being, it's, it's only horrible. You know, who would want that? But I'm even willing to put up with that if I could become something greater than man. All of this crap. You can't become greater than man. Man is, is, is the being who possesses the amana, the trust. What is greater than that in terrestrial existence? Whatever you think is greater than that is actually less than that because that is the pinnacle. That's why in the Quran, um, Allah commanded the angels to bow down to Adam, and they did it, Ex- all except for Iblis, who was a jinn among the angels, and he didn't want to do it. Now, my theory is, and this is just a theory, it's just not in the Quran, and, and it's, it's not Orthodox Muslim doctrine, so don't come after me for that. This is just my, my crazy idea, but, but it does more or less make sense that the the, uh, the jinn possess the amana, you know, the the, the uh, which means the stewardship of of terrestrial existence uh, in an earlier world age, and then whatever for whatever reason transgressions or whatever they uh, they lost they lost that role, and Allah took it and gave it to humanity, and then He says to 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 the, to the chief of of the jinn, now you bow down to the new boss, and He didn't want to do that. He was very envious and this this is probably why the surah al-falaq second last surah of the quran says um um in the name of god the beneficent the merciful say i take refuge in the lord of daybreak from the evil of that which he created from the evil of darkness the darkness when it is intense and the evil of malignant witchcraft literally women who blow upon knots which was a, a way of casting a spell and 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 from the evil of the envier when he envies, the envier is probably Iblis, and he envies us because uh, we took uh, we took his place. And the jinn come. Uh, this is the the myth I invented, although it's suggested by such earlier myths as the fall of the titans and things like this. They are now appearing and 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 hoping to tempt us to jettison the human form. If we do that, we'll lose the amana. We lose the trust, and then they think, oh, we'll just pick it up again like in the old days, which is not true. That's, that's a very, see, they're very intelligent, but when it comes to that, they're bone stupid because the amana cannot be grabbed. It's, it's a trust. It's entrusted to whoever, uh, you know, God chooses to entrust it to. It's not, it's not something you can, you can hijack. But, uh, they are apparently trying to hijack it. That's what it looks like to me. So. Yeah, well, the uh, passage in in Quran that uh, you're citing, uh, that in which humanity is given the amana, and then we're we're told, you know, that that uh, he, and humanity is is uh, ignorant and uh, transgressive, um, as if you know maybe we're not entirely worthy of this amana. Uh, it, it says that before uh, we we got it, uh, it was offered 
to let's see the mountains. Yeah, um, the, the heavens and the earth and the hills. Heavens and, heavens heavens and the earth and the hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it doesn't yeah, mention the and, jinn. And of course, still. they they didn't accept it. So nowhere does the I have to say nowhere does the Quran say that, that the jinn used to possess the Imam. So you know that this this is a legend, you know, and, and don't you know it's. I would never want anybody to think I'm talking about uh, Orthodox Muslim doctrine because I'm not. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you think about the possibility that there could be humans, that is, you know, what we would call insan on other planets as well? That is, there could be different categories of beings out there, not just jinn who are made of fire. So they're, meta, you know, they're, they're on a different kind of plane than we are, uh, although they can interact with our plane. Uh, but then could there be uh, Earth-like, human-like beings elsewhere yeah. in the universe that certainly, might have to certainly there could there's no reason that, that there couldn't yeah. you know um i'm just saying you know the reason i look at I, I tend to come down hard on the hypothesis that that the ufo aliens were appearing now are jinn um is first because of you know they act more like subtle plane beings than material plane beings right you know that they the powers are are all those who were understand to be the powers of, of the air, the powers of the powers of the air in, in, in classical antiquity, and here they are again, and, and, and they fit that profile better than they do of material plane astronauts. And the other point is that Jacques Vallée made is um, if, uh, if these are all people who came long distances through space, or maybe even, who knows, through wormholes, whatever you want to say, but if they came from elsewhere, there are just too many of them. What are they all doing here? You know, it, it's much more underst- uh, likely that, that they have some, um, they pertain in some way to, 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 to the earth and to the earth plane, you know. Because what they do is they come forward and, and, and they tell people understandably, which is a good thing to tell them, look, you're destroying the earth, you know, you mustn't do this. That's, that's good. Um, but the reason they worry about that is because uh, they need this this plane in order to exist. This is their home too. That's why they're so worried about it. You know, that's what I think. I, I wonder if that distinction between the material plane beings and the subtle plane beings is always completely hard and fast, or, or whether there might be some flexibility there. I know when I was collecting stories of uh, miracles of the Aulia or, or the saints that there are said to be people who can basically materialize and dematerialize. There was one guy who supposedly yeah, yeah, would, yeah. He, he'd, he'd walk to Mecca from Morocco. He would step into his room and he'd be in, making a circle around the Kaaba in Mecca and then he'd be back. Right. The and next, and uh, there are a lot of stories like that in Hinduism and the, the uh, what is it, the Kriya Yoga tradition you can, descends from a, from a, uh, uh, Maharaji, I think, or is it Babaji? I forget which. But anyway, that d- descends from a character like that, who who is uh, like the prophet Hez, you know, is is an immortal prophet who who exists on a subtle plane. Yes, that's a possibility. Uh, except these beings are too damn sinister <laughs> to be Aulia, as far as I'm concerned. You know that they're they're ugly, they're horrible, that they do bad things to people, and not always. Once in a while, they can heal someone. Once in a while, that they you know something positive can happen. But by and large, their record is not very good. And so that that's one reason I, I make a distinction between them 
in the aliyah, but it's true, the, the, the aliyah can do that as well, uh, you know, can, can transcend the material plane while still being essentially, you know, they're still alive. They haven't died and gone to the next world. So it's, mm. well, we, we were joking about how, you, you know, you may will be banned on Facebook for hate speech against the ETs who will become a protected category. But <laughs> yes. seriously, though, maybe we shouldn't be prejudiced in the sense of prejudging every per- person or gen or entity just on the basis of categorizing them as, oh, they're one of these, you know, may- one of these beings behind the UFO phenomenon. Maybe there are a whole lot of them. You know, just for example, I have heard from somebody who claims to have been, you know, have, have had MJ-12 clearance that there are, and actually Hellier said the same type of thing, that there are, I forget what the number is, but, you know, hundreds of different kinds, uh, species of entities. Oh, yes. I mean, the, the, the intermediary plane, or whatever you want to call it, is, is incredibly diverse. And, and it's, I mean, just look at the difference between the jinn of, say, you know, the Arabian deserts and, and the jinn of the uh, northern forests where the fairies. Very different, you know, uh, and you know, and yes, the, the, there are there are positive uh, uh, beings from from that world. Um, what 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 the fairies, uh, you know, and, and the elves and beings such as that apparently do. What their job is is to maintain the integrity of the natural world, natural world, and fertility of the world. And you know, that's very positive. I mean, b- before before I was. Um, you know, I, let's say, but when I was between Christianity and Islam, and and heavy into the counterculture, um, I, I I I went uh, elf hunting from time to time, and I, I got to where I could look into their world. It starts with something that happens when you smoke marijuana, and and you'll kind of learn to do it. Then you don't need the marijuana anymore, and I, I developed some some breathing techniques, which which would you know I could do, and. You're sitting in a forested area, and, and it's as if the screen of a forest parts. And the beam that comes from your third eye looks through into the other dimension and sort of becomes the portal to the other dimension beyond, you know, the outer material screen of the forest to the inner forest. And in there, there they are. So, you know, and this was... These are not evil beings, but I will have to say that I, I personally was not in a good state when I was doing things like this. I didn't have much else going for me, you know. If I could, if I couldn't <laughs> see the jinn, you know, if I couldn't see the, the fairies and coming, hey man, yeah, I saw the fairies. I, you know, I, I know how to do it. It's great. I saw them. Oh, great. Okay, you you have some other things to do in life than this, don't you? Then get about them and and and, and don't waste your time looking at these people who have their own world and their own duties, just like you do. You fulfill your own duties. And let them fulfill theirs. Yeah, most of the folk tales do seem to tell, to teach that lesson. The people yeah. who spend too much time uh, hunting for elves, you know, often end up in trouble. Yeah, they become what is called pixelated. And nowadays, the word pixelated means, you know, uh, it, it, it's like a poor resolution uh, video image that, that's too grainy, and you can see all the pixels. And you know, so you imagine if you're pixelated, you feel you feel kind of. Uh, pulverized you know but that's mm-hmm. not what it originally meant it it's it, it, it literally means pixie lead mm-hmm. and yep. people become pixelated you know because these beings are very fascinating but yeah know, well, well of course good, they, that's what majnoon means majnoon which is the word in arabic for yes. crazy literally means exactly. be jinned 
Exactly. Majnun. Pixelated. Exactly the same thing. Right, yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we, we, it wasn't called, you know, Layla and, and, and Pixel. Layla and Pixelated. That, that wouldn't work so well, would it? Layla and Pixel. That, 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 that wouldn't have been quite as romantic sounding. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, so, but, and then you, you look at God. Robert Bigelow, you know, the uh, um, CEO of Bigelow Aerospace, multimillionaire. You know, you know, he, I just learned that he bought Skinwalker Ranch, for people who know what that is. It's, it's a place in Utah w- which has constant paranormal manifestations of every conceivable kind. He bought it for a while and, and, and to study it, you know. And he's really after, you know, is, is, he, af- is he after just... You know, UFO aliens, space aliens. Well, this other main area of study is uh, life after death. Because if we can figure out what life after death is, science can figure out what life after death is. Haven't we already been told this? You know, isn't every, every religious believer of, 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 a, of, a, of a true revealed religion entirely clued in as to what life after death is all about? We forgot all that. And so now we have to try to reinvent it on on insufficient grounds like material science and you know things that can be you know experimentally determined with with uh you know with equipment so it's very sad because that that level of understanding though it may turn up some true things is never going to get to the heart of it well it's that mystical impulse to actually experience these things rather than just hear the dogma about them but of course they're rather than going through the mystical training they're imagining that they can uh, shortcut it with, you know, drugs or, you know, Skinwalker Ranch or what have you. Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's it's very easy to to, to contact spooks these days, and in fact, it's kind of hard to avoid them. Uh, but what what is required of us is to put our attention on God, and that this requires a complete transformation of the self, which is rather um, rather rigorous. And you know we we have you have to love God an awful lot to really want to be in His presence, because you know He 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 is awesome beyond belief, and He requ- He demands everything of you, you know, and also He's beautiful beyond imagination, and uh, can, will give you everything. But it's you know we don't want to get there. We want something easier. You know, I if 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 I could really have a paranormal experience or an anomalous experience or see Bigfoot or really see a UFO or get something, then I'd know that there's more to life than than, than just you know the daily grind. And you know, uh, yeah, but at what cost are you going in that direction? You know, that's a that's a big question. So we're just about at the end of the show. This uh, this chapter from your book, which is now published at Veterans Today is uh, the book is called the alien disclosure deception metaphysics of social engineering and when will that be available well the the publisher will be back um in his office in 10 days and and, (laughs) and it's mostly been typeset already and then the process will continue so shortly i would hope shortly inshallah well thank you so much charles upton it's always great talking with you uh love your your uh wisdom and and good sense so god bless and look forward to talking again yeah god bless you kevin thanks a lot okay take care it's charles upton i'm kevin barrett truthjihad.com is the website back in the next hour with something completely different matthew errett stick around we'll be right back after this message 